and welcome to Tink, a podcast about making, doing and the act of undoing that sometimes comes along with that. I'm Catherine Jane and it's my voice you'll be hearing and you can find out more about me over at catherinejane.co.uk. There you'll also find links to all of my different social media sites and my Ravelry. So head on over, it'd be great to hear from you and hear what you think about the podcast. The website's had a few changes over the past month, so there's now a Tink page, especially for all of my episodes, where you can listen, and that's where all the show notes will be kept. So if you hear me talking about anything and you'd like to know more details, simply click the link in the top right-hand corner that says Tink, and it will take you to all the information that you need. I hope everyone's had a really productive month of making and doing, and even some of the undoing. It's been a bit of a weird one with the weather raining cold not very nice kind of perfect crafting weather as i said before in the podcast earlier the sun was shining in on me in the studio and i thought that maybe i would be recording in the sunshine but alas i'm not studio has now kind of gone back to its normal sort of light bulb hue shade um no brilliant bright light in here anymore but it is super cozy i it's only a small room and i have my little radiator in here and uh, the heating's on quite high at the moment, so sometimes it actually becomes unbearable, especially when I'm machine knitting, because I d- anyone who doesn't know, it can get quite intense um, in terms of physical movement. So you kind of are pushing the carriage along the knitting bed, and when you're going quite fast, it gets it gets quite physical, and I have to end up like taking off all of these layers. Because normally I am that one person in the house when everybody else is toasty warm, I am so cold. It's not been unusual in this month, actually, towards the start of this month. It was that I was sitting on the bed crafting and I would have the duvet over me, I'd have a crochet blanket over me, one wrapped around my shoulders, and I still feel chilly. I tend to have um, really cold hands all the time as well, which is quite surprising because you think when you're knitting, your hands are quite active, but my fingernails start to go a bit purple um, (laughs) and they just feel cold all the time. But it's either cold hands and craft or no crafting and warm hands because then they'll be like under the bed or whatever. So I, I take the sacrifice. I will endure these cold hands as long as I can make. Um, so yeah, I probably just have bad circulation, but I'm not going to let it stop me from making things. And speaking of making things, I should probably get on and talk to you about what I've been doing this November. What I have actually... <laughs> what I have actually made which isn't as much as I thought and like I said in my last podcast I'm not setting any strict goals um which I don't know if that's helped or hindered me I felt like November's just kind of rushed past though as well it's gone so fast and the run up to Christmas as well and I just feel a bit all over the place and like I need to sort things out and plan what I'm doing and actually get these Christmas gifts made that's like the imperative um, from now onwards. So I'll talk to you more about that in my December goals. But November, yeah, it's been quite a busy one. I went to a wool event towards the end of the month. And it was also the same weekend that I went over to Birmingham Way and spent a lot of money in fabric shops. Um, so yeah, this month is expensive. And like I said, run up to Christmas as well is expensive. So all of my money is like draining out and it's just like... I need, I need to save. I need to save some more. I need to stop buying yarn and fabric. <laughs> but I try and be quite lenient with myself because I know that typically throughout a year, it kind of evens itself out how much I probably spend 
Um, I don't tend to spend a lot of money on anything else. I don't drink or smoke. Don't have any habits like that. Um, I buy all my clothes from charity shops and stuff normally, or I make them. So I don't really have that much money that I spend on things for myself, apart from obviously when I go on a yarn spree. Um, <laughs> and it all seems to always happen at once, doesn't it? Like, I'm really fussy about fabric and I find it really hard to find something that I actually really like and also think I will wear um, and then when you see something you kind of then see everything else that you want and you want to wear so it all happens at once but let's get on with the podcast I'll tell you about what I have been buying and also what I've been making and doing so I must admit that the fabric buying started after I went to a sewing event this month. It was held on the 18th of November at my local sewing cafe and it was part of the Being Human sort of Humanities Festival. We had uh, Dr Jessica Bain, I think her name was, come in from Leicester University and at the minute she's studying about sewing cultures and why do people sew, is it that sort of make-do mentality or is it something else? So she sort of researches and looks into lots of sewing blogs. Basically, she has a dream job. And then she's doing um, lots of sort of theoretical work around the sort of subject of sewing. So while we were at this event, we got the opportunity to do a bit of sewing and making. So I made some Christmas decorations. And then we were talking about these sort of issues and like, why do we make? And as sewers, what, why do we do what we do? And there was lots of discussions about um, perceived value with sewing. So like a tailor is quite esteemed, but a dressmaker at home isn't viewed in the same way, even though she may have as much sort of sewing prowess as a tailor. And it was all really interesting stuff. And I, I do find stuff like this really interesting. It reminds me of being at university and writing my dissertation, which I sadly loved. Um, I don't know if it's sad or not, but it was a bit weird in the midst of the like art students that there were a few of us that really enjoyed like sitting down and reading all the sort of theoretical study stuff and I still try and do it now because I think it's good to keep inspired and keep thinking about these sort of things um so I was reading recently the knitting culture book by Joanne Turvey I think that's what it's called sorry if I misquoted I will make sure it's in the show notes correctly and that book's really interesting um it's all about sort of ideas on knitting genderization and femi- feminist ideologies in connection to it that sort of same with sewing that make do a men mentality is it sort of a romanticism of the past a, a wanting to reflect that again and it's it's really interesting but it's quite heavy reading so I think I need to start approaching it as more of like a study book that I can actually sit and draw in which may sound like sacrilege to some people but I find it easier to underline things and really focus and like study in that way when it's something like that that's quite academic but yeah, so back to this event. So talking about it and why we make and why we sew. And it kind of got me back into thinking about the clothes I make and what I want to keep making for myself. So I've gotten to a stage, like I said, where I don't really spend a lot on clothing unless I make it or I buy it from a charity shop. And I want to get to a stage where my, my wardrobe is fully handmade. It, it may take some time. <laughs> But I've had some patterns sitting around for a while now and I've been wanting to find fabric for them and every time I go fabric shopping I do take them out with me. I am quite good with fabric in a way that I'm not with yarn and I will not buy any unless I have a pattern for it. 
so recently I also found a Hague for sale in Birmingham because that's a piece of kit I've been wanting for a long time for my machine knitting. So the Hague is like a big circular knitting, not a knitting bed, a big circular bed of needles that you attach your knitting to. You put a cone of yarn on and you thread it up and it seams garments for you. So it's 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 a lot quicker, um, especially with like machine knitted stuff that's really quite fine. And when you sew it up and I sew between the V's, it just takes so long. And I found this Hagelinker um, for quite cheap. Um, and it was in Birmingham, so not too far away. And I was like, right, I'm going to get it. So I looked at where it was on the map. And then I looked where Guffrey and Garney was on the map in relation to it. Because I've been wanting to go there for a long time as well. I've heard they've had a really good range of dressmaking fabric. Um, my local yarn, uh, fabric shops even, sorry, they don't really have as much selection for dressmaking they're getting bigger um and they're super helpful at my local sewing cafe i love it there um, and they do sell beautiful things but it's mainly like it feels for quilting half the shop so a lot of it's kind of missed out on me because I, I don't quilt very much i am working on a quilt this month though which i'll tell you about a little bit later but anyway so yeah i knew i was going over to birmingham i knew i wanted to go to guffrey and garney and it was only five minutes away driving from where I was going anyway so we went um and I spent quite a bit on fabric <laughs> but I was really good and like I said I only bought things for projects so I've had this Vogue custom couture jacket it's by Claire Schaefer and it's um pattern number V8621 in case anyone wants to look it up it will be in the show notes like I said um and it's this beautiful like fitted jacket then has a diamond cutout shape and it's made for like tweedy fabrics or woolens so i ended up buying like a felted wool but it has a bit of polyester mix and it's a navy color and i was like oh this is this is nice i do see one in gray that i really liked but i have a lot of gray jackets and i do try and be sensible about things like this like you have a gray jacket you don't need another one like get it in a different color and then I, for me, I'm being quite adventurous and I bought a stripy lining and then I'm intending to have a stripy buttons, I think, on the jacket or maybe something with like a bit of white on. So the lining's the navy and white stripe. So maybe the buttons would be navy with a bit of white on or something like that that sort of ties it in a bit more. So I bought that and then I found this beautiful Czech like tartan in navy and black and I loved it so much so much i loved it more than anything i just kept sort of carrying it around the shop and stroking it does anybody else do that <laughs> i can't be the only one who does things like this and um i was asking the shop assistant lucy who was very very helpful um i was like here's my pattern for trousers i took with me a mccall's pattern it was mccall's um m7098 there you go sorry reading it off a sheet of paper so i bought that with me and it was for stretch wovens and this check didn't have any stretching so i was really disappointed and lucy kind of affirmed that the fabric wouldn't work for the pattern no matter how much i wanted it to so i ended up just getting sort of a plain black suiting fabric for the trousers because i don't actually own any plain black trousers i own one navy pair and that is it so a pair of plain black trousers is a very versatile thing to have in your wardrobe. So I bought that and the check fabric had to sit still on the shelf and well, felt sad about it. But then I went home 
as well um, afterwards and found out I do have a trouser pattern that I could have used. I actually have a suit pattern that's um, Berla Styles 6985 and it's um, you can even do like a long jacket or a short jacket with a pair of like matching tailored trousers for wovens. And it sort of says on the back as well that it's for like wool fabrics and tweeds and gabardine. Yeah, I can I can speak. <laughs> so I didn't buy the fabric there. And then I found this pattern and I was so disappointed. But, yes, when I was walking through town, I noticed that my local market man sold the same fabric for half the price. So I went back that weekend and bought enough to make the trousers and a matching jacket. So be prepared for this. <laughs> it's quite... Even though the fabric's quite muted in terms of colour, for me it's quite bold to go out in a whole sort of tartany suit. I will have to post pictures of this fabric up online because the other ones are in a blog that I wrote about sewing and what I got at Gafringani, which you can find over at the website. Just go on the blog page and scroll down to the sewing. So, so sewing it's called. So yeah, I bought that. And from Gafringani, I ended up buying like a little purse clasp you know like the metal bit is where the purse opens so you make the rest of the purse stick it in to the clasp and then you have a working purse so i bought one of them with like black balls that do up on the top and trust me i also bought yarn <laughs> in a fabric shop i didn't realize that gafrin garni sold fabric but um fabric sorry wool obviously they sell fabric she was on sonby um so yeah i knew they sold fabric but i didn't know they sold wool so when I went in and I saw this big wall section, I was like, ooh, getting distracted over in the corner. Um, <laughs> but I was good and ignored that until we got to like a sale basket. Inside were two balls of this beautiful like navy blue colour. And I'd just been saying to Graham, you know what, I really like like a navy scarf to match some of the things I own. So <laughs> like I said, my, my wardrobe is very sort of like of a similar palette. So I can mix and match quite easily. I, I like getting up in the morning and not have, having to worry about things going. So if everything's of the same sort of colour theme, it's fine. So I picked this wool up and it is actually some rowan yarn. It's a rowan tweed in an iron weight. felt a tweed in an iron weight. I didn't realise, but it's called Storm Blue. So I took it home, you know, got the Storm Blue. It must be the sort of wintry weather. And then when I went to the wool event the next day, I ended up buying a, a skein of fibre. I don't know if skein's the right word. I ended up buying some fibre, and that's called Stormy Skies as well. So clearly this sort of autumnal, november weather is having a lot of influence on what, <laughs> what yarn choices I'm making. But I'm really excited to use that rowan. Um, I think I'm going to make like a cow. So I said scarf, but cow, some piece of neckwear. It's quite chunky, obviously, being iron weight. And... I'm thinking something that's really nicely cabled. I may try and design it myself as well because that's something that I really want to try and get into. Um, get into like it's so easy. <laughs> no, it's something that I really want to do um, and aspire to actually. So I, I went home with this wool and like I said, the next day I went to the Winter Woolies um, wool fair that was held in Nampanton in Loughborough, which is very local to me. And I spent more money on wool. So the Winter Woolies event was run by Fiona, who is the dyer behind um, A Little Bit Sheepish. She creates beautifully dyed skeins of yarn, but also sells dyed fibres. 
and it's from her that I bought the fiber. So this event was actually brilliant. Not a lot of events go on in the Midlands in terms of fibre and wool, I don't think. Or at least I seem to miss them, if they do. And everything seems quite far afield. So when I saw this on Ravelry, I was like, right, I have to go. Even if I don't buy anything, I am going. But the day before, having spent a lot of money on the Hague link and on fabric, I kind of decided that I needed to go over budget. So I went with one. Wish I hadn't gone with one, as is always the case, I imagine. As there was just really great stuff. It was quite a small event, but what was there was really good quality. So it was held at Home Farm in Nampanton, like I said. And it's this really rustic, quaint little farmyard setting with a farm shop. You could go see the lambs. Um, and outside there was like a tent with three vendors in, so Fiona herself, um, Hula Gunyan, sorry it was four, there was like the people who were from the alpaca um, farm who actually had their alpacas there outside as well, and then there was another lady who was selling fibre and stuff, and then you went into like these old barns, and there was more stall holders, and there was just tons I could have bought, I could have spent a lot of money, but like I said I went with a budget, so everything was fine. <laughs> Also, there were demonstrations being held. Um, there was a spinning group there, and there was a lady doing some weaving, and also Mary, who was a volunteer at Ruddington Framework Knitters Museum. And I spoke to her for a long time because I'm actually really interested in volunteering at the museum over the summer holidays um, when I have some more free time because I won't obviously be working within the school. And, yeah, I was speaking to her for quite a while, actually. She was showing me, like how the circular stop knitting machines work, how you do certain stitches, what you can make from them, how to shape a heel, and all sorts of really interesting things. I've spoken before about the fact that I have a sort of connection with the hosiery trade through my own family and the town I live in, and it really fascinates me, and I love, like, heritage and history, and that's what inspires me a lot as a maker. And, um, yeah... If I can get the opportunity to work on these circular stock knit machines, I will be a very happy lady. I would love to buy one, but they are so expensive. Um, so volunteering may be like a sensible way of me having the opportunity to use these machines, seeing how well I get on with them, um, and potentially finding a place where I can buy them through the museum, hopefully. We'll see what happens. But either way, even if I don't come out with a machine at the end of all of the volunteering... Um, like if I don't find a link somehow or a connection it will still be a great experience and I'm really excited about it so I need to actually email the museum and get on to that being a bit hectic like I said so that's a goal for next year but anyway back to the event I'm getting distracted so there was lots of great stores and I walked around first because um, obviously like I said I went with budget and then I had to look around before I spent anything because I could spend something and then I could get further around the event and there would be something I wanted more. I knew I definitely wanted to buy some fibre. So after learning to use my drop spindle at the Geeky Puffin Knit Palooza, I've been trying to spin a little bit every day when I have some free time. And in November, I actually finished my first skein and I'm really proud of myself. It's only like a two-ply, so I just plied it up. Um, and... Towards the end of spinning it, I was getting quite consistent. I was quite proud of myself. I was like, ooh, 
there's not a lot of variation here i'm getting i'm getting quite good and then when i applied it up you could really obviously see the start and the, the end points and how much better i'd got him already i have some other fiber left over from the kit that my mum bought me so i've got like a white creamy color um, a dark black and a grey so I'm, I've just started on the creamy white colour and oh, already I'm like noticing this is really quite fine I think the fibre is different I actually think what I was first spinning with was some tops that my friend gave me from when she was just sort of uh, knitting with massive tops um, at uni so I span that all up I'll go into the white and I'm thinking of actually spinning the white putting on sort of a cone out of the way then spinning the black and the grey and then making a three-coloured, three-ply yarn, which I think would look really nice before I sort of tackle going on to the fibre that I bought at the event. As I mentioned, the fibre that I bought was called Stormy Skies and it's indicative of the colours that are in it. So it's greys, surprise, navies, surprise, like bluey purpley tones and it is so beautiful. I, when I first saw it, I was like, they are all of the colours I love in one sort of fibre. Um, I knew I had to get it. <laughs> you know, sometimes you know, and it's just very you. But I was like, right, like I said, go round. And then I came back, and it's like the first thing I bought. Because um, normally as well, I'm actually quite scared of variated yarns. Which will then come as a surprise when I admit that the next thing I bought was a variated yarn. But it was, it was in grey, and then it's got like a white bit and a very subtle hint of pink. And that was from Truly Hooked. And she sells like crazy neon-y colours. And then she had some really strong greys. And I was attracted to those really strong greys, which I actually saw in a sock weight yarn. And, I, and then I thought, you know what, I've, all the socks I've knitted so far have been grey. I'm not knitting myself another pair of grey socks. Not yet. Like, I need to knit some other things, and then I'll go back to the grey socks. And so I was just kind of looking in, like, her bargain bucket <laughs> to see what was in there. And I saw this, this very yarn, I said to her, you know, I'm actually quite scared of it. And she showed me this little trick to show me how the sort of colours would line up. And I was like, oh, you know what, I'll be brave and I'll buy it. And it's a double knit weight. Um, the colourway is called Me and You, but check out my Ravelry. It's It's beautiful. And I love that pale pink. And I was saying to her, I've actually been looking for a, a sock yarn in a pale pink for a while now. Because I really want to knit some socks that have like love hearts on them. So I think I've spoken about it before. I can't remember what the pattern's called, but it's socks with a love heart on the heel. So I was like, I need some pink. And I just could not find this sort of rosy, dusky pink that I really wanted. Um, and that's where the vendor from Truly Hook says, you know, if you have a colourway that you want dyeing, just send me some pictures and I will dye it up for you and I will get that out for you. So that's great. And, you know, if anybody else wants custom dye, then go and look over at her Facebook page. Um, like I said, Truly Hooked. All the info will be in the show notes. And then you can look at all of her other yarn as well. Like I said, if you're into if you're into bright colours and neons, it will be it'll be for you. The rest of her stuff was a bit much for me. Um, like I said, I'm not really one for colour. But then my next two purchases, again, are sort of like going against what I normally think is my thing. Because I ended up buying two coloured skeins from Borough Soul. When I first walked around, I saw a really beautiful variated yarn from her 
that was in like blues and there was a bit of creamy color in there and dark blues and i was going back to buy it after buying stuff from truly truly hot going back to the borough store stand and then i watched a woman buy the skein i wanted right in front of my eyes right in front of them and i was just well yeah <laughs> gutted so I guess that's why sometimes you buy things straight away because when you go back, they are not there. Um, so then I spent ages there trying to decide what I wanted. I firstly picked up um, the skein, one of the skeins that I ended up buying and it was called Empress Grove. And it's this beautiful, like, I would say like an emeraldy green and it's in a sock weight, really soft and squishy. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And then I end up picking up a, a few more of these yarns in like various sort of greeny shades, bluey shades. And she was like picking out stuff from behind the stand. Like, do you like this? Do you like this? And by this time as well, my budget's really gone down. I ended up buying some of my friends as well that I can't really talk about. So, yeah, budget's down. I'm faced with these sock yarns. And there were two I could get for the money I had or then like this Empress Grove one and another. Then I found this other yarn called First Star I See Tonight. And it felt like the best thing I've ever felt in my whole life. It had cashmere in there, some silk and alpaca. And it was this really nice pale teal is there any way to describe it. Like I said, check out my Ravelry stash because I photograph things and put them up there and it gives a better representation than my words can. Um, and yeah, this yarn was so beautiful, but I couldn't afford it and the Empress Grove. So I was toying with this Empress Grove and another sock yarn and I was like, what do I do? What do I do? Mum, do you have some more money which I can borrow? And in the end, the woman could see I was sort of agonising and offered me a deal. So I ended up getting the two ones I really liked for less money. Um, it was, that was a happy moment. I was very happy with myself. So I got this beautiful yarn and actually I came home and I was like what am I going to do with all this because I've, I did that thing that I don't like doing of buying yarn because it was just nice I like to buy things that I know I'm going to use but then when I got home like I said I noticed that I had some curious handmade patterns that we got given to us at the Geeky Puffin Knit Palooza and they're for shawls and I thought you know what that that beautiful pale teal skein is, is going to get made into a shawl so I had the Red Robin Shawl by Helen Stewart or the Fireflies Rising by Helen Stewart as well. And I'm thinking I might use the Beautiful Teal as a Fireflies Rising one and then save the Red Robin Shawl for a later date when I find something. This Fireflies Rising one is like beautiful little eyelet designs and then it's kind of like a rib pleat it looks like almost. It's really nice and I'm thinking the sort of softness of the arm will look great with it. If you hear me flick through pages, I'm just having a nosy. And I do have the same sort of fibre mix as what is in the pattern. And it just like it looks like a great shawl, like one that I would really wear. Um actually in the picture it's photographed in a really nice colour that I think when I showed Graham he was like, You don't want to make it in that colour, like that grey. You don't want to make it in the grey, you're gonna make it in the teal. I can't I can't believe you. <laughs> so not just shocking myself with these yarn purchases, I'm shocking other people. I do have to say though, Graham is a great enabler and he encourages me to buy stuff. So while I'm the one who will sit there going, I don't really need more yarn, do I? I you know, I've got, I've got a shelf at home of yarn that needs using. And he's like, 
well, you know, it is really nice and you, you did come with a budget, you know, you want to spend some money, you should get it. So, yeah, he encourages me. <laughs> and actually, he's very good with buying stuff. I already know that he's bought me some beautiful yarn for Christmas, but I won't talk about that right now. I will save it for the December episode. And I will now crack on with talking about what I've been doing this month. My November making hasn't been as prolific as I wanted. And I have to admit, I've been getting distracted a lot. The biggest distraction has been the English paper piece and quilt that I've had on the go since I've left university. I must have started this about three or four times. And then each time I kind of stop and go, how is this going to look when it's bigger and large scale? And is it going to be balanced? Is everything going to work? So I've started before of making like granny flowers, but then realising, well, how many of these do I actually have? And how many granny flowers will there then be with a colour balance? What will the fabrics look like? To the degree now where <laughs> I spent way too long sitting and counting how many squares of fabric I have for each hexagon um, for each of the different colours that I have and also the different patterns and then also the different sort of black fabrics I have because the thing is black fabric is not always black fabric and they have slightly different textures and slightly different colours so I was like making sure that everything was counted and then I sat on Photoshop with all of these hexagons and designed the quilt. I think I put it on Twitter if anybody really wants to see it. This is what having OCD does to you and also the fact that you can't stand the idea of random. I don't do random. I do like organised and structured and now that's done I feel a lot better about it and how it's going to progress. I can start sewing everything together, I can start getting things done. So I am glad that it's only the front that I've cho chosen to do the quilt in this sort of hexagonal paper piece in because there are over 1500 hexagons and they all need hand sewing together. And that is after you've covered the hexagonal piece of paper that you've cut out with the square bit of fabric and tacked that in place. So there's a lot of work that's involved in this quilt. So I'm hoping to progress with that further. And speaking of quilts, I've also done a little bit, I think I did like three diamonds of the crochet tumbling block quilt that I'm doing for Graham. So the three diamonds form like the three parts of the of the cube and it looks like a tumbling block patchwork quilt. It's something that I've been working on again for a long time, probably about two or three years. But it's one of those sort of projects that you can put down and leave for a while and it's sort of a thing that needs to be worked on ongoing. Um, so I decided to take it to my mum's and I've retrieved uh, the knitting project that I had there and they will be what I work on when I'm at mum's house and I will get on with other things while I'm at home. So this knitting project that I brought back from my mum's house was the Boyfriend Cardigan by Pat Nencini. Um, I've been using a four ply wool that I got from, I got given to me from a friend whose grandma unfortunately passed away and she had lots of spare yarn and my friend knew I knit a lot and asked me if I wanted it. And when I first got it I was like great, this is actually like good wool as well. Um, but I've noticed maybe it's because it's quite old. There's a lot of breakages in, in the yarn skeins and it's making it quite unenjoyable to knit with on this on this cardigan. I'm thinking I may have to reevaluate what I'm using it for, but I'm not sure at the minute because I don't know what else I would use it for and I don't want to waste it. 
Because of it, though, I'm not really knitting on it very often. I think I've done a bit of the rib. And I'm afraid to admit the same is the case for the tambourine cardigan that features on the pom-pom issue 12 cover. I got the yarn for this when I was in Edinburgh from Jess at Ginger Twist Studios. And it is the Ginger's hand-dyed luscious worsted weight in the little cat feet colourway. And so I bought all the skeins that I needed. I just haven't, haven't knit on it a lot. Um... I think it's because as well this month, like I said at the very start, I have been trying to crack on with Christmas knits. So they've been occupying a lot of my time, along with trying to find what I actually want to make for people. So in the last podcast, I mentioned that I wanted to make my mum a Christmas stocking. And I had um, some opal yarn in the colourway 90040, which is basically their Christmassy yarn. Um, my mum loves Christmas. I think I mentioned it before and when I saw this yarn I was like right I'm gonna have to make her something and I thought a stocking would be a great idea because I didn't want to make her socks it's a sock weight yarn though um and the reason why I didn't want to make her socks is because my mum has quite awkwardly like little feet but they're quite broad and they wouldn't be a surprise if I sort of kept trying to measure her feet (laughs) she'd know what she was getting so I decided that I didn't want to make that and then I looked for stockings and I just couldn't find anything that I liked in a variated yarn um, but then I ended up finding the teddy bear pattern by Regia. Um, it's called 6369 Teddy. Very inventive name. <laughs> but it's knit in one of their variated yarns. And I thought, right, I, you know, I'm going to knit her a Christmassy bear. So I've started on that. Um, I'm quite far through it. I'm on the body now. So I've knit two little legs. Then you knit a bit of the body. Then you knit some arms. Then you put them on and you keep knitting the body before you get up to the head. So I'm just at the body part, and it's going all right. It's just the type of thing where I constantly need to be looking at the pattern to know where the decreases are at the minute. So it's not something that's quite easy to knit, you know, in the afternoon when you're quite tired. Although I have to admit, the socks that I'm making for Graham definitely are that type of knitting. So I'm using the Regia Design Line Summer Nights Colorway Yarn. Um, and I'm using one of their free patterns again from Regia. It's the RO258 cable detail sock, minus the cable. So it's just kind of like a plain cuff down vanilla sock with a German short row heel, and then you kitchen stitch the toes, which is, how do people remember how to do that? I have to look at it every time. And I admit, I've only sewn three toes together this way, but I have to keep looking because I cannot remember it, which whether I'm purlwise first or knitwise and I get quite confused with that so his socks are going on quite well um yesterday I made quite a good lot of progress on it actually so I finished off the cuff and I've started on the the ankle section I guess you'd call it and that's going well and then my little brother is like proving to be kind of almost nightmarish to know what to make for him he's at that age like I said he's 11 it's really like an awkward age and he's grown up with older brothers and sisters we're all at least sort of nine or ten years older than him so he's quite mature for his age and he acts a lot older than he is and i find it really difficult to know what like a almost teenage boy would want i did ask him a while ago and he said he'd like a black and white sort of chunking hat with a pom-pom so i found a pattern and i just need to crack on with it i will add in my own sort of fair old designer kind of want to start black um, and then be black for a while, then add in a bit of white stranded colour work, black and white colour stranded work, and then have the white pom-pom on the top. And I have some black and white chunky yarn left over from when I made the 
failing fox cow for a friend of mine for her little girl so it's great i can use yarn that i have which is something that i love doing i love busting stash and it's sort of stash that i won't use for anything for myself so that's great and speaking of that sort of thing i found a use for loads of this green yarn that i have in my stash um <laughs> my nephew loves minecraft and he's another person that i really struggle with he's six so it's that, again it's that awkward boy age um and boys are awkward to buy for anyway um but anyway so i had all this green yarn he loves minecraft and i'm gonna make him like a blanket it's just squares i've been machining this in it so it's quite fast as well so it's just going to be the machine squares which are then seamed together and it'll be the creeper's face from minecraft if anybody doesn't know what it's about <laughs> yeah i have i've had to google it myself don't worry so it's just going to be all these squares together and then i need to do a few black squares and then i think i'm going to stitch the sort of black squares over the top but we'll see how much i end up getting and how big it's going to be but hopefully he'll like that and i wanted to kind of make him some gloves or a hat or something but he's at the age where he's really soon going to grow out of things i know it sounds horrible but i don't want to invest a lot of making time in something that isn't going to last so i don't i don't see it as being like a viable option at least with if i make like a blanket throw thing he can use it as he gets older he may outgrow it but at least it's still usable and lastly christmas gift wise i've been making some of the for a friend which i don't really want to talk too much about i'm not sure if she listens or not so i don't want to ruin it but it's involving a lot of embroidery work and you know that takes time as well and i did want to make um friends like a few of my friends like little trinket crocheted gifts and zeki as well my little brother um after speaking about minecraft it made me think of like cartoons and kid stuff and adventure time like i love adventure time myself it's like a cartoon comic thing and um i watch it with graham a lot he's he does his illustrating stuff so you know watching cartoons is perfectly fine it's like research i love it so much though that my friend made me a gunter which is like a little penguin from from the cartoon for my birthday and i just got that recently it's a great little gift and i'd, I'd love to make zeki something like that or maybe the jake the dog because I still have all of that sort of mustardy yellow yarn. And originally I was going to make him a Jake the Dog hat. But then I decided against it. So maybe I'll make him like a little plushy thing. I might make it up as a go. But the thing about crochet is it whips up so fast. Like it, it is one of those sort of miracle, miracle quick crafts for me. Compared to everything else which is relatively slow. And also this month has been great progression on the jumper collaboration with Graham. So like I said, he's an illustrator and we thought it'd be cool to team us up together and see how it works. Um, as I mentioned in the last podcast, we're really different in terms of style and colour. He loves bright colours and if you go look at his work at grahamrobson.com, very colourful, very sort of distinctive palette. Whereas I don't really have that in my work and sometimes, you know, I tend to be more subtle or whatever I'm looking at will influence the colours. I don't often stamp on my own sort of colors i'm much more interested in texture um and like so for me i'd rather invent like a, a textury knit than something really bright and colorful so this jumper collaboration has been really exciting in that way and he's been trying to like push me to choose which colors go together in the jumper as it's all fair isle of his sort of illustration designs and it's been great um apart from it's it is frustrating sometimes like 
I knitted up a sample of the jumper and it ended up being short by 15 centimetres on basically everything. Even though I'd done all the tension swatches and I was following like pre-described, prescribed, not pre-described. So anyway, existing measurements for his size and it just wasn't working um, in terms of length. So I've knit it again in the final thing and it's come out a lot better. So I'm really hopeful. I've done the back piece and that's all blocked and I've got to block the front and one of the sleeves tonight. The sleeve today has been nightmarish. At oh, one stage I was so hungry, I was just thinking about food and I sort of missed the colour change and then had to, you know, hook it back up a few rows down, set the punch card back again. And then at the end, on the very last two rows, my second colour wasn't in the carriage right and so it dropped. It dropped the knitting off the machine there was loads of like um ladders happening so i had to like then rehook it again and i thought i'd worked out how to get it so the sleeve and the body of the jumper end on the same row but they're not so they don't match which is a little bit annoying but i don't really have time to get it all done again i need to get the other sleeve knitted on sunday um and i get these blocked and then i need to do my rib again my ribber is not playing fair and it's just not leaving a nice edge so what i think i'm gonna have to do is uh knit double the length on the ribber and then hook the bottom back up so it's folded up over itself and it just it just looks a lot nicer and you know it's been surprising as well because we knit up the sample in the same weight yarn but in two different colours that I just have left over from when I was at uni and it's amazing how different it looks when it comes out in the right colours um, it's really colourful and it actually looks really cool I'm quite proud of us together, working together because we're, 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 yeah. <laughs> we are, like I said, we're very different and I, and I tend to get quite stressed um, so bless him having to deal with that <laughs> I will be glad when it's finished and then I can crack on with some more machine knitting stuff I haven't really thought about what I'm going to make next. There is something that I planned from... Basically, I designed it when I was at uni. Worked out it would take me 72 hours just to sew one sleeve. And then decided that is not... It's not the time or the place for anything that takes that long on your degree. Um, so it's something that's a future goal. And speaking of future goals, I think now's a great time to get into what my goals will be for the month of December. Most imperatively, I need to get my Christmas gifts made. So that includes a teddy bear for my mum, includes the socks for Graham, it includes deciding what I'm going to make for Zeki, getting that made, it includes uh, making Ethan's Minecraft blanket, and it also includes some of the things that I wanted to get done. So at work, apparently, everyone gives each other a small gift, and I would like to try and get some baubles quickly knitted for everybody as like a little trinket thing. Um, and then I have some felt stars that I started making that sewing talk that I mentioned at the start of the podcast. And then the sewing cafe sold little bundles in the colours I was using. So I was using like a red, a grey and a white. And then they sold these bundles of stars to make more. And I was like, I need to make some more. As me and Graham don't have really many decorations for the tree that we tend to buy at Christmas. So they're all sort of handmade little things and I'd love to get more on there. It's just a matter of time and I need to, I need to start prioritising and stop doing Catherine stuff. Um, 
But then when it gets to Christmas, I am going to indulge in some Catherine knitting. Yeah, it's going to be time to get my tambourine cardigan out, get that, like, get some real good progression on that, and also get some really good progression on the blank canvas jumper by your soldier teague um and then i then i need to decide as well what is going on with the boyfriend cardigan that's by pat mancini like i said if the if the yarn just isn't working i just don't want to use it but i don't want to waste it either so i need to make some decisions about that coming up this weekend as well i've got a lace fair and i'm quite excited about this because my lace making has been all over the all over the place lately. I just have not been well, it's not all over the place, it's just not happening. I haven't been going to the lace making classes because there's nothing I want to make and I've been so busy with other stuff that I just can't even comprehend going somewhere for four hours, including like a half an hour drive there and back. And I just can't dedicate the time to that when I don't know what I want to make and I don't know what I wanna do. So I'm hoping that when I go to this lace fair at the weekend even though it means spending some more money, I will find out um, a few patterns or something there that I really think is beautiful and I want to have in my life. I wish I could say that I'm going to be making something crazy and exciting, but in honesty, I think I need that just sort of get making, get these things made, and then ready to start my own projects again in the new year. New mindset, fresh mind, all that new year, new me sort of thing. So... It's just Christmas makes, unfortunately. Unfortunately, Christmas makes are quite nice. It's always nice to give somebody something that you've made. And I am very like particular about who I make stuff for because I only really give it to people who I know appreciate it. There's nothing worse than giving someone something handmade and they just don't really realise what you've given them and how much effort and time and energy has been involved in it. That is like the worst feeling. So... Yeah, I am careful about that. Um, but yeah, there's nothing like uh, anything that I'm like super, super excited with. Obviously, Graham's jumper will get finished as well. Hopefully in time for him to wear it to his Christmas party, at, like his illustration agents. Um, something for him to talk about. I won't be going, unfortunately, um, as it's on a day where I have to work, so I don't get to go down to London and have fun times. But oh well, I have my own Christmas party soon. Um yeah, it's, it's going to be busy December and the time will fly by and then it'll be Christmas and I'm probably going to be sat up all night hurriedly stitching together toes. <laughs> um, but I'm excited about it. Christmas is a lovely time of year to spend with your family and it's a great opportunity to relax and wind down. And like I said, because working in school, I finished quite early so it should be quite, it should be quite nice. I might have some more time actually to get these Christmas makes done. But... I hope that you managed to get all your making done. I hope if you're making stuff for people for Christmas, they really love it and enjoy it and that you get it done on time. Remember to take a little bit of time out over Christmas to indulge yourself. Maybe that, that other bit of chocolate which you're contemplating. Have another glass of wine or maybe buy another skein of yarn. It is time of year to treat yourself. So have a lovely Christmas. I hope you have a great time and that December treats you well. Until the next episode, enjoy your making and your doing, even if it leads to some undoing. 